0: Thank you Kelly Robinson. Good morning everybody and a a happy, um, respectful, I think that's the best word, Memorial Day weekend to you. Safe, that's a good word. I try to think of things that fit for this nature of a holiday. Um, Restful is good and respectful is important and uh, hope you get some gardening done too. That's okay and plant a tree in memory of someone. That's really good. So let's do that. Let's talk about the best trees to plant to memorialize someone. If you'd like to hear about that, give me a call. I'll be glad to give you some suggestions. If you have a lawn question, if you have a garden question, if you have a houseplant question, whatever it is, if it's urban horticulture, that's what I'm here for. And uh, the phone number is 888-256-1080. We are live. It's gotten a little bit warmer, a little more humid the last day or two. Mornings are pretty cool, midweek, early week. I am in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and we were told we could expect rain every day this week. We can get rain any day this week where I live. I think it stayed out a little to the west, and you know what, I always rejoice when people to the west of where I am in Texas get rain because, yeah, they get less than the rest of us, and and they deserve it. So good for them. And uh, now share a little. <laughs> Let's talk about gardening. It's about the time to go into, into summertime. Nurseries have some wonderful sales going on. It's a, a still a very good planting time. You do need to change the nature of what you plant just a little bit so that you can uh, get uh, plants out that have a good chance of getting through the summer weather ahead. You never know what summer has in store for Texas. That's always the case. And so Let's uh, let's plant things that are going to survive for us. I'll have you some tips today on, on how to get your plants through the heat of the summer and especially the new plantings. So we'll talk about all that kind of thing. But I want to answer your garden questions first of all. So that begins with a phone call from you. Jared Taylor is running the boards and answering the phones. And uh, he will be the first voice you'll hear and first person you'll talk to. And then you'll get me. So... If uh, you have a plant question, it's 888-256-1080, 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. There is a lot going on right now, lots of high school graduations, college graduations. My wife is on the school board in McKinney, and she went to three big high school graduations yesterday and shook every one of those 2,000 hands all day long. Started at uh, 9 in the morning, and she got home at 9 at night. And, and she didn't have a whole lot to talk about. She went to bed. It's a long day. And there are, and, and she went to all three of the graduations. One of the school board members did not because one of his, well, his daughter graduated and he wanted to go to dinner with her. Can you imagine somebody doing that? How tacky. <laughs> not really. Only kidding. He's a wonderful board member. But uh, that's going to take some of our listeners away. And, and those things happen. So you ought to have an easy time getting through this morning. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. We'll get it underway in just a moment. Let me tell you about my book. It's Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. There are a lot of tips in Lone Star Gardening on how to survive the summertime. Plants that you can set out now at the end of May and going into June that will survive the summer and give you beautiful color and, and gorgeous landscapes now through the summertime. Uh, Chapter 2 tells you what you do each month of the gardening year, and it will give you guidelines as to what needs to be planted, pruned, fertilized, and sprayed. Month by month, four pages of notes for each month. And so you'll never have to ask, Neil, when should I do this or that for this or that plant? It's all there in Chapter 2. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas. And then I have individual chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. You need to do some lawn work. Your lawn isn't looking its best. It's in that chapter of the book. All the information you could need. It took me a year to write this book and a lifetime to learn what I put into this book. I think you'll find it ultimately useful. Eight hundred and forty of my photographs and three hundred forty four pages of high quality paper in a hardback book for the paltry price of only uh, thirty six ninety five for a limited time more. So I really encourage you to get it while you can. That's a sale price. It was my spring sale price. I'm going to let spring go just a little longer this time. $36.95, satisfaction guaranteed. I sign every copy as it sells. And you say, Neil, how can you do that? You're not Santa. You're not in every store. You can't fly from store to store. Well, it's not in stores, and it's not on Amazon. You buy it from my website or by calling my office uh, Tuesday through Friday next week, Tuesday through Friday, because of Memorial Day, and uh, then I will sign it and get it in the mail to you. And so I encourage you to to get it that way. Uh, the better way is the website, and a satisfaction completely guaranteed, or you'll get a full refund. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening, and just thirty six ninety five if you hurry. Phone number. If you if you do decide to call next week, 800-752-GROW. Well, that's an O, not a zero. 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is to order it right now so you have it done, and that's at my website, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Why pay every month for a temporary storage facility when you could own your own Mueller building Mueller's backyard buildings are easy to assemble they're affordable and they offer a permanent storage solution that's right there in your own backyard and you're not renting it you own it with a variety of sizes available and with more than 30 colors from which to choose their backyard building kits complement any home or landscape how proud are you going to be that you built it yourself and you saved a lot of money and you're not renting it you're owning it If your equipment requires more storage space, Mueller's standard series buildings are ready to go to work for you, and they're fabulous. From workshops to big barns, these pre-engineered, bolt-together buildings come in a variety of size and color options. You can also visit them online at MuellerInc.com. M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Get a free customized building estimate. While you're there, click on their color selector tool. It makes choosing the perfect combination of colors an easy decision. These are Texans helping Texans. That's the Mueller people. To find out more about Mueller Steel Buildings and Metal Roofing, call eight seven seven two Mueller eight seven seven two six eight three five five three, or visit them at MuellerInc.com. It's Mueller for steel buildings for permanent storage. I'll have more after this message. Thank you, Kelly Robinson. Okay, so here is the way the phone banks work. We have four phones. They rotate. One, two, three, four. Line one is filled. Now it'll go to line two when somebody else calls. Got the message? I have three open lines right now. I'd love to see four closed lines, full lines, ready to go. That would make the talk show host Neil feel really good about his life. So I always choose to work on the uh, on the holiday weekends or on holidays for that matter. Uh, the only holiday I won't work on on which I won't work is Christmas. That's just that that pushes it too far. But uh, but I I do work the others and and I just feel like it's uh, uh, most of them fall in times that are kind of active gardening times. This is a very active gardening time and and I enjoy doing the program and. Frankly, selfishly, it's harder to put a a best of program together for me anyway uh, than it is to uh, come in and do it live. The the reason being, if I do a best of and I go back two or three weeks and pull out a program, the weather then was different and the questions may not be accurate now. And uh, you probably haven't spent a lot of time thinking about that. If you're talking about a, a home repair program, they have their own problems built into them too i'm sure but but at least their stuff is not quite as time dated as as gardening is so i find it easier just to do them live and so i'm here and i'm live and i'd love to hear from you that phone number is 888-256-1080 give us a call two eight 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 two five six ten eighty. 256 1080 steve is in san angelo steve this is neil good morning
1: good morning neil i need an expert opinion I'll see if I can find one. (laughs) All right. I have a newly planted redbud, and uh, it's six feet tall, and the bottom four feet has no branches on. All of the branches are up at the top two feet, and it was fine when I planted it in February. And then it leafed out. And what I found is that those leaves, even though there's only about two dozen leaves, it's heavy enough that the thing tilts about 90 degrees over. and then we got lots of rain and lots of wind and it acted like a sail and it started to actually whip that little sapling around so much it was pulling the roots out of the ground so obviously I needed to stabilize it but I'm not sure if if I'm doing it right or if I'm choking it to death with my with my ropes trying or uh, with my fasteners trying to keep it stable so it doesn't whip itself to death in the wind, I was hoping you might give me some guidance.
0: All right. How big would you say the the trunk is related to something I know, a pinky finger, a pencil, a hot dog?
1: at At the base where it comes out of the ground, it's about the size of a man's thumb, but it quickly tapers down, and the top Three feet of the six feet are probably the size of a number two pencil, or maybe slightly larger.
0: Okay, that helps. Um, is it a grafted variety? Is it a, a special variety? Does it have purple leaves? Does it have yellow new growth? Does it have? Is it weeping? Is it have anything special, or is it a red bud? Just a red bud.
1: It's supposed to be. It was sold to me as just a straight up Texas red bud.
0: Okay, good. They're they're lovely. Um, without seeing it uh, I'm picturing it in my mind's eye without seeing it my, my first uh, suggestion might be to trim it back rather dramatically did it did it put out leaves that were normal sized and, and uh, I have another question before I answer it that way because it really makes a difference uh, was it in a 5 gallon pot or a 10 gallon pot something of that sort five-gallon pot all right and did it when you took it out of the pot did it appear to be uh, really well rooted
1: did the soil ball hold together well pretty well pretty well not root bound but yes there was there was the, the, the roots the the ball seemed to be full of roots that held together pretty well when i put it in the hole okay it didn't fall away from the roots the soil didn't fall away not excessively. Some dirt fell, but not excessively. No.
0: Okay. Reason I ask that uh, I spent a lot of my high school years transplanting red buds, um, e- either out of containers or especially digging them and moving them. And they're not happy being dug and moved if they have much size that big or larger. They they are they much prefer to be moved out of containers. So you, you had the right thing going. Uh, I would I'm going back to the answer I started. I'll I'll just pick up where I left off. I'll go I'll start it over again. I would be tempted to trim it back uh, to compensate for its height and um, its uh, uh, suppleness. I guess is probably the word I want to use and and uh, try to get some branching down a little bit lower four feet is fairly high for a redbud to have its its first branches Uh, this could have been done i don't want to say should have been done before it leafed out Uh, might have been a little better to do it then because you may be taking all the leaves off Uh, that won't kill it Uh, are the leaves all bright green and and happy and healthy no scorching around the edges or anything at this point
1: Correct, and that's why I didn't, want it. I didn't want to just take it upon myself to trim it back and cut all the leaves off. Right, um, that's pretty harsh. Without, some, without some guidance, because this is my first redbud that I've ever planted, so I'm um, right. in unknown ground. Right,
0: I understand. I think you'd want the, the branches to be somewhere in the uh, 34, 36, 38 inches uh, off the ground. They branch low, they are low-spreading trees, the, the mature height will be uh 20 to 25 feet and the spread will be the other if if it grows uh, 20 feet tall it'll be 25 feet wide something in that range and so you need to have the branches down fairly low you don't want it to have a big old high canopy on a on a spreading tree um that's what i can tell you generically without seeing your specific tree but that will help the trunk thicken up and you can get those those props off it as quickly as possible if you can take some of that weight off so it doesn't flip around in the winds. Now, the winds are going to lighten up a good bit now as you get into the summertime. Um, you don't, because it came out of a container and apparently had most of its roots intact, it wasn't dug and stuck in that container anytime right prior to when it was sold. That sometimes is done. Uh, you probably are not going to have any transplant shock. If you had any fear that that could be a factor, then you would want to trim it back for sure, sure. I'm still leaning toward trimming it back by maybe 30%. That's probably the best answer I have. I would uh, then immediately put a lawn fertilizer on it with a lot of nitrogen in it to stimulate some regrowth of new leaves. And and be sure that you keep it well watered this uh, summer. Every second or third day, you need to put five gallons of water on it. My new rule of thumb that I adopted a couple of years ago to help people understand what I mean by deep watering, thorough watering, is whatever size container a plant uh, was growing in from which it came, that's how much water it gets. If it was in a 20-gallon pot, it gets 20 gallons of water, in your case, five gallons every two or three days. That'll soak that soil ball, and you, you can do it out of a bucket and just pour it in and Thirty seconds, and
1: uh, it'll soak in. And and you are, I, I, you previously had mentioned it about uh, cutting all the leaves off. And yes, all all the leaves and branches will come off. I'll just have a, a, a stick. You'll have a stick, and then
0: it will branch out, and you'll get branches down lower, which is I thought, if I heard you right, initially, a little more to your liking because you said it has no branches until four feet, and that's too high.
1: Okay. All right. That, that was, that was my concern. So it should send out new shoots and, and stuff like that. And actually dealing with, with at four feet, I kind of feel more like I know what I'm, what I'm dealing with. Uh, Cause it's not a just giant whip moving in the wind. Right. I'm not okay. sure. I understood,
0: I'm not sure what I just agreed to, but if, <laughs> if you care, if you care not to prune it back, if that's uh, too unsettling to you, leave it the way it is. Just put one good stake in and and tie it to that stake so it can't whip around and tear the roots out, and uh, and then proceed with everything else—the fertilizer, the water, everything else. But your best chance to prune it back, if you want lower branching, is immediately.
1: And, and just uh, just take good pruning shears and just lop it straight off at the, at the proper height. And
0: Try to find a bud that looks healthy and vigorous on that stem that will become the topmost branch. And then you'll see two or three other buds that will break out and, and start to grow. It's called apical dominance. All of a sudden that will be lost and these other shoots will develop. You'll probably get five or six, and you'll want to limit it to uh, a three or four or five, somewhere in that range that will be the branches. Remove any that are way down low to the ground and uh, just leave the three, probably three that go out at 120 degrees from one another, and, and you'll have your branching
1: if you choose okay. to do it that way. And uh, how far above that that? Uh top bud should I actually cut the stem
0: that's a good question uh probably a quarter inch to half inch at the most you don't want to leave much of a stub let me test you with my fingers three-eighths of an inch I want to compromise with myself
1: (laughs) I'm probably not that that precise anyways
0: (laughs) I'll bet you are all right have a good day thanks for the call appreciate that thank you take care bye Steve all right, Mary in Madison, uh, Madisonville, you're coming up next, and then Ron in Corpus Christi, and I will help both of you. Let me tell you right now about the great people from Fertilome. I am so proud to have them as an advertiser here. That's a name that I have known since I was a teenager running my nursery in my own backyard and doing landscape contracting. They've been around a long time. Don't beat around the bush when it comes to fertilizing your trees and shrubs. This would be a good feeding for his tree. They need at least two feedings a year, one in the fall, once in spring or early summer. The time to apply your Fertilum tree and shrub food is here now. It contains 19, 8, 10 fertilizer analysis and five micronutrients. It's a unique formulation containing a penetrating action that does the rest of the work for you by moving the fertilizer down from the drip line into the feeder roots. That means no need for digging holes. That's good news for you. The tree and shrub food is formulated for all types of trees and shrubs, brand new red buds, shade trees, fruit trees, nut trees, evergreens, even in South Texas, citrus, even tropical trees. One of the great things about the makers of Fertilome is that their folks are dedicated to supporting local independent retailers. You will find their products, including tree and shrub food, at independently owned garden centers, also at independently owned hardware stores and feed stores. To find your closest dealer for Fertilome products, go to Fertilome.com, F-E-R-T-I-L-O-M-E.com. Click on Find a Dealer. Package in the green bag. It's Fertilome, tree and shrub food. It'll get your trees and shrubs growing great for 2023. Fertilome, tree and shrub food. More after these messages. We have two open lines. Ashley Kelly, I'll break the news to you. 888 256 1080. 888 256 1080. We have Mary in Madisonville up next. Mary, good morning. How can I help you?
2: Good morning.
0: Good
2: morning. Good morning. I I have a hydrangea bush that I need to move. My uh, daughter and son in law need to build a ramp out the kitchen door. Mm-hmm. And they, we want to get it moved now. What precautions, or how do we do this?
0: Well, oh my, it's a tough time on hydrangeas. I'll, I'll I know. Send, I think we all should send get well cards to the hydrangea plant. Um, you're going to have to prune it back considerably because it there's no right. plant that there's no plant that we grow that needs high humidity and moisture and ample supply of roots any more than hydrangeas do because of the size of their leaves. So you can dig it now. I'm not going to guarantee it's going to survive, Mary. I'll I'll tell you that. I understand the need for ramps. I I get that. Go ahead and dig it. Uh, I would dig it in the (laughs) evening. I would plant it into a pot. I would not put it into a new planting location immediately. I'd put it into a container. Uh, filled with a really rich potting soil, a lot of organic matter, like you'd use for a big hanging basket or a big patio pot. Okay, and I would trim okay. it back. Um, I would trim it back by probably six two thirds, because you really have to get rid of a lot of that top growth uh, to right. make up for all right. the roots that are going to be lost. It's Water over
2: it. six
0: foot. Oh, I'm, my heart is breaking right now for the poor plant. So well, I hate be to move it. Yeah, I, it's beautiful it, when it blooms. I bet. Well, it needs uh, it needs a lot of help, and and you'll need to water it the the hour that it's been dug and and potted. That's a that's going to need a okay. big pot. If, well, if you don't if you hurt. don't have a if you don't have a pot big enough for it, go ahead and plant it in the new location. But make sure it doesn't get any afternoon sun where it's going. No
2: afternoon sun.
0: No. It, it, it won't be able to handle that at being transplanted right here going into
2: okay the um so I could would it hurt to leave it over the winter and plant it next spring just leave it in that tub
0: no that would that would be okay well, the the best thing that, to do if you if you can get it to survive the best thing to do would be to um, uh, get it into a container let it Hopefully survive and start regrowing, and then plant it in October. That would be your best bet. That's the best oh, time okay. for planting. Oh, okay, I
2: can do that.
0: Now I have yes, one question I can do for you. I have one question yes, for sir. you. You said tub. Does the tub have drain holes?
2: Yes. Yeah, they're big black. You know that they feed the cows with right. with big tubs, and uh, my husband plants these uh, like those gardens in the box. You know, a okay.
0: good deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, planted also, in October. Yeah.
2: Okay. A friend gave me pear trees, two pear trees that she grew from seed. Uh, and I need to plant them now. Just do I need to prune them back or they're already you know, budding out and already have their leaves.
0: Okay. Would
2: it hurt them to plant them now or leave them in the tub till next spring?
0: All right uh let's see how honest do you want me to be with my answer
2: i want i don't i don't know what kind of pears these are and if she grew them from seed and i think if isn't it if they're hybrid pears or they were they won't produce a fruit but they'll have the bloom
0: yeah. right yeah you couldn't you couldn't pay me to plant those things
2: well, she, she was sweet enough to give it to me, and I hated to tell her no. <laughs> I,
0: I understand. They will not be the, – uh, these were edible pears, is that correct, not ornamental pears? Yes, yeah.
2: uh-huh, right. I,
0: well, they will probably uh, – they will not amount to anything. There is a chance that they will be invasive pear trees that some states oh, won't okay. even let you plant any longer. I, I don't know what you have, but it will not be I don't anything know that you – it they will not be anything you want. You would be so much better uh, off if you're going to take up space in your yard to to buy a good pear tree, a, a good variety. Well, I
2: have one. My point being, my point
0: being, if she's going to come look at her pear tree, it's going to be dying of fire blight, and she's going okay. to feel badly for that. Uh, I'm not asking well, you to maybe. lie to her. I'm not asking you to lie I'm, to her, but if you have any way of planting a good variety. And she comes and sees a new pear tree and she says, Oh, that's nice. That's your new pear tree. It is. You don't have to tell her it's it's her seed. But there, you, you, know, you have one chance in a hundred million of that thing amounting, oh to those, my word. amounting to anything. There's no chance. There's no I chance. live on a
2: farm, and my daughter's always telling me, Don't buy that plant because it's invasive. So if that's what you're telling me, I'm going to put them on you. the burn pile. Yeah, and I'm but I will my hydrangea. No, that's yeah. a special plant, and I'm trying to, yeah. you know. But it's absolutely beautiful. I tell you, my husband raises chickens. He has chickens, and I've been using chicken poo for the fertilizer. All right. And well, I hope I helped, plant. and
0: if I if I saved yes, you a lot sir. of frustration on the pear tree, I I, I, I
2: good. For I'm your glad to asked you about
0: it. Have a good. All day. right.
2: Thank you. Take you care. too, sir. Uh, Thank uh, you. Bye bye.
0: All right, let me see where I am. Ron has been waiting a while. Let's go to Ron in Corpus Christi. Ron, this is Neil. Good morning. Neil, good morning.
3: Yes. Uh, hey, I like, I like a little bit uh, taking an organic approach. Uh, I, you know, I use organic fertilizer, and I'm up against some weeds, and I wanted to get your opinion. If you think it's even a viable option to go organic to try to, to you know, conquer or, or diminish my weed problem. What do you? Is there a product you recommend? What uh, weeds do you have? It's an assortment. I mean, it's 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 all kinds. I mean, I, I bet you, I bet you got twenty, thirty, just whatever. I got some at the house, but it's mainly at a little a small commercial property we own, and they grow in rocks. We have a couple of rock beds with uh, palm trees in them, and it and out in the kind of in the uh, in the
0: uh, parking lot. You know, you have a little, but it's mainly in the rock areas. Right. But it's just an assortment. Well, I will, I have some biases and I always, when I get to this situation, I always admit my biases because it's better okay. that you hear them from my lips than find out later. Uh, I will, I will tell you that the the best organic way of controlling weeds is probably to put a, a, a weed-blocking fabric down that will last a good while, and that way you don't have to go out and put uh, any any product down of any kind. You of know, we act, we act, inter- believe it or not, we actually have it, but it's it's those
3: bigger rocks, and you know how that goes. Over time, they build up a little base of, you know, soil, basically, and, you know, they really sprout a bunch of little weeds.
0: Well, I'm Even talking about... I'm talking about one of the roll R O L L type mulches. Right, no, I know that's it. what I'm saying. We
3: have it underneath those rocks.
0: Okay, and yeah. Oh, so you're saying that the soil is building up on top of the roll type mulch? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because
3: they're the they're the bigger. They're probably the size of your like a, a
0: fist. So right. you know, yeah. Wind blowing. Mean, Corpus Christi is very windy. Yeah, a lot of dirt I moves around in the air. Yeah, I understand. All right. Um the the one thing that is used, this is not my recommendation. I, I'm prefacing this totally with this comment because I, I would not accept this as an ad, uh, a product to advertise. But there are vinegar products used for organic weed control. They burn the foliage back. They may kill some of the tender vegetation uh, on weeds. They're non-selective. They'll kill desirable plants as well if it gets on their foliage. I don't think right. they're terribly efficient, but that's that's something that some people use, and uh, I see recommended by people whose opinions I, I respect. But they make the same uh, precaution that they're not going to give good control of things like Bermuda okay. grass and Johnson grass. Um, and I don't yeah. really have that now. Th- now let me yeah. ask you this: if, if
3: yeah. I go away from yeah. organic, because you know, I, I, I just want to, I kind of want to solve the problem. Roundup. I mean, is that? I mean, if if you go away now, I go to my bias.
0: Now I go to my bias, and that was that. that I grew up uh, in College Station. My father was in charge of herbicide research for Texas A and M. I watched him diligently research all the herbicide products that were brought to the university for testing, so that labels could be given to them. I saw careful research done before labels could be developed, and I know that they can be applied safely. Um, and all of my career, I have recommended using herbicides according to label direction. Um, they present little, if any danger to, to humans. And if you're using them in small quantities in a pump sprayer, not a hose in sprayer, where you're just spewing them out all over the world,
1: right, you can be Very right, precise
0: right. in how you apply them. The original Roundup, the glyphosate product, um, has been deemed to be okay. It did not cause any kind of problems. There are these lawyers that are making lawsuits that, oh, man, you're going to have all kinds of problems. And uh, EPA, it's been three years ago now, I think, ruled that that was not a valid claim. But anyway, to the point, that's what I use to get rid of even the most tenacious of weeds, uh, and you're and saying original Roundup. Original, just, I mean, which was glyphosate only. Roundup was such a successful product that some years ago, right. 10 or 15 years ago, uh, the product was sold, and the company that bought it has been 20 years ago probably now. The product was sold, and the company that bought the, the glyphosate, the Roundup name, decided we have such a successful product, we're going to add some other products, other things in other bottles into this line. And we'll, we'll still call them Roundup, but they'll do other things because we have other ingredients in them now. And so right, it made it right, very right. hard for me as a broadcaster, I have to say, go back to the original Roundup, which was only glyphosate. That's the it. Strictly is if strictly, if I
3: look at the label, yeah, you can still buy that,
0: just straight glyphosate. Absolutely. You can buy, uh, you can buy glyphosate products in other brands. For example, my, my sponsor here is Fertilome and they have a glyphosate product and and so do other companies and it just says glyphosate no other active ingredients and that's what and you're that looking you're, for it doesn't matter what right. brand and, to and me and
3: you're, you're deeming that that is uh it's safe i'm mean, not you're right i mean that's all you hear on the radio is you know join if you develop cancer you know or whatever that's, that's correct <laughs> you know. and
0: and you you may do the research it was in april i think of 2020 maybe 2019 that the EPA, late April, 29th or 30th of April, deemed okay. that and ruled that that was not a, a case that was thrown out. But anyway, I, I digress. One, one, one that final, applied, one final That Hang on. That applied one. will kill all the grasses and most broadleafed weeds, and until you get more seeds coming in, they, they won't come back. Yeah, They're very I, effective. I think
3: that may be the route I have to go. One one final question for you. Can anything kill Asian jasmine? I mean, it, and I've, I think round I took up a bed I, out
0: this week. I took a bed out this week in about uh, 30 minutes. The bed, I, I'm changing the landscape in that part of my yard. Uh, right. The bed was about 10 feet wide and about 15 feet long, and it was removed and is gone. It took me about 20 minutes. I took a shovel, laid it flat. I hired somebody to do it. I'm not going to take credit for it. I, right, I had right. some dizziness problems. And I took a nursery spade and he just pushed it underneath and rolled it up like carpet. It does not root. Well, I, I, It was but, so But I'm, I'm going
3: opposite. I'm going opposite to you, though. I want to actually grow the Asian jasmine, and I have a bunch of weeds in it and, and grass.
0: All if right. I spray All right, it. Hear me. It will, I'm, well, I'm very late. Okay. I'm very late to okay. get to two okay. more breaks before this program's over. Okay. I need okay. to give you this answer, and you need to hear me. This okay. is what I'm about to say has a disclaimer at the beginning of it. This is not a recommendation. It is a 40-year observation. If you use one of those glyphosate-only herbicides in Asian jasmine from this point forward in the summer, now that it has become leathery, dark green and leathery, you will kill the weeds. You will not kill the Asian jasmine. I can't recommend that because it's not on the label. I can tell you I have observed it being used hundreds of times, thousands of times. I've never seen any damage i've seen bermuda grass taken out and 100 percent effective so that's up to you test it on a small area if you want to but whatever your weeds are i think you can get rid of them with the glyphosate only herbicide applied at the recommended rate in asian jasmine that is not a recommendation it's a commentary there you go ron i gotta run appreciate you call folks are going to have to get two brace in in the next few minutes uh to gilbert and amarillo i can help you just stay with me uh the the quick version of my book uh, offer Neil Spray's lone star gardening and um i really want to sell my book so i don't want to shortchange it completely but you get uh, 344 pages 840 of my photos printed in texas a book that should be $50 fifty or sixty dollars if it were in stores, but it's sold straight from my office to you. I'll sign your copy, guarantee your satisfaction, or you get a full refund. It's only thirty six ninety five. thirty six ninety five, that's a sale price. Eleven chapters that cover lawns, trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennial flowers, fruit and vegetables, the whole works, and a forty eight page calendar of when to do everything. Now, the way you order it is by going to my website, neilsperry.com, or call my office Tuesday through Friday next week, 800 752 GROW. 800 752 4769. The better way is to go to Neil, N E I L S P E R R Y.com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. More after these messages. thank you kelly very very much and uh i'm gonna before i go to uh, gilbert and amarillo i need to get my last break about it you know what i want to tell you is we have a grandson alex evans is being married next uh next thursday they found a really good deal on a venue that they like a lot he and sophie will be married and we love them both that's really going to be special alex is about to be a senior at a&m in construction science and and uh, we wish them the very, very best. So just put that out here on the air. Special time. Niels e eGardens, my free electronic newsletter. If you'd like to see what it's all about, it's uh, all at my website. That's where you sign up for it. It uh, comes every Thursday, just a little after 6 p.m. Take a look at it, and uh, there's a sample there for you to look at from this past Thursday, day before yesterday. And uh, you sign up there, and it uh, comes directly from my computer uh, to your email. Thursdays, right after 6 p.m. Neilsperry.com, that's where you go to buy my book, and uh, click on eGardens. It's N E I L S P E R R Y.com click on e gardens homegrown goodness that's what Mueller is all about they've been producing quality steel buildings and metal roofing in Texas for 90 years 95 90- two or three years now now you can grow a mueller greenhouse right in your own backyard as well they're easy to assemble bolt together greenhouses come in five sizes from six by nine up to 12 by 21 and they feature a galvanized steel frame with more than 30 designer trim colors from which to choose with hail resistant polycarbonate panels lockable walk doors and windows that mueller greenhouse will let the sun shine in while it protects your plants year round don't let the weather ruin what you've worked so hard to produce. Get yourself a great greenhouse from a Texas-grown company. Visit them online at mullerinc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, or give them a call. That's 877-2-MUELLER, 877-268-3553, mullerinc.com for greenhouses. More after this message. Thank you, Kelly, very much. I have a couple of other radio programs I do on the weekend that follow this later in the weekend. You can uh, find them at neilspray.com. You can see where they are and when they are. Let go to Gilbert in Amarillo now. Gilbert, thanks for waiting so patiently. How can I help you?
1: Hello, Neil. I have a, a question whether to uh, plant a uh, Chinese pistache in mean, Wichita Falls, where I used to live. I moved from there in 2015. And I have, uh, I don't know the name of this tree that I have in front, but I want to put this Chinese pistache tree, in, and I don't know whether it it will grow or not. I, I'd i like to know what you think. I live in the, close to the Bishop Hills area, just mm-hmm. south of that, uh, in Amarillo. And I i want to know, uh, because this tree that I have in the back, it's a small tree that I can take it out right now and be able to replace it with a Chinese pistache. My question is, can I take out that uh, tree and put a Chinese pistachio in its place and and it grow? The only thing
0: that I worry about is winter hardiness. And I'm trying to get it typed in quickly to see the uh, hardiness zone for, um, hmm, I don't think that's going to be a problem at all. Uh, I think you're good. I think you're good. Oh. It, uh, okay. I, I wanted to make sure it would, uh, take the temperatures you have in Amarillo and it says it'll go to 25 below. Now that was done on a very hasty, uh, <laughs> very hasty a web search. Let me check uh, North Carolina State. They have a, a very good website and it will tell us also. Needs to be zone six for you guys and. It is listed. Oh man, they've got it buried in there somewhere. But uh, do a hardiness zone check for uh, Chinese pistachio, and and if it hits your hardiness zone, that's the only concern I'd have. Beautiful tree, good shade tree. I gotta I gotta run, but that's that's it. Happy gardening, everybody.